Hello and welcome to the podcast that Twitter doesn't want you to know about, because they banned me for advertising it. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna lie, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently posting one or two video links a week constitutes commercially motivated spam, even though I do periodically post other tweets. So they banned me. The man got hit with the musk. <laughs> I did, I got Elon Musk. Anyways, welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Uh, welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And Twitter's a cesspool, but you already knew that. I was say, where have you been? <laughs> it's been a big week this week. Hmm. We got a Nintendo Direct, we got, a, we got some kind of sports bowl going on. <laughs> we got some trailers out of that. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the final performance of one Magical Michael. Oh, yes, indeed. But all in good time. Let's start with the gaming news, that being this week's Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go through the full thing, because we'd be here all day, and I've got other things to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> there was there was a lot. It's definitely a, a cool show, that's for sure. Yeah, tell you what did catch my interest, and it's all mostly the basic stuff. Pikmin 4, mm. in which we now have Ice Pikmin. No, that was one where... So I have the least amount to say about the Nintendo Direct stuff, but that was one where, when that was shown, I was like, huh, honestly, wasn't expecting them to show anything resembling gameplay, and it looks, like, really cool. Pardon the pun. I mean, it is coming out this year, so... Mm, fair. Most of the stuff, in fact, I think almost everything in this Direct was, because the Direct was focused on the front half of this year. Mm. But, we got the Ice Pikmin, we got that weird dog, which I'm not sure how I feel about, seems maybe a little overly centralizing, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. It is cute, though. Mm. Ochi seems like a good boy. Or girl. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. None of my business. It's a good doggo. Yeah. Heckin' good friend. Mm -hmm. And also, it looks like you might be able to wander around at night, and all the bulborbs are on crack, so that'll be fun. <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I still haven't beaten Pikmin 3. Mm. I gotta get to that last level. Right. We got... Confirmation of the Mario Kart Wave 4 DLC. Mm hmm And that's actually going to come with a new character, that being Birdo. Really? Yeah. No, apparently they're also adding new characters to these, too. Or at least one. That'd be really weird if they only added Birdo. <laughs> this isn't the last set of DLC tracks, is it? No, there's still two more after oh, okay. this one. Yeah, I figured with... The general age of the game and whatnot, I'm surprised that new characters are a thing in general. Yeah, it's really weird. Hmm. But honestly, Mario Kart 8 could use some more variety, since all the Koopalings are their own character. What is that? <laughs> Fair. We got Metroid Prime Remastered, which is now out. Oh, like it's actually out and available right now. Yeah, digital. Oh, okay. We're never getting four. <laughs> it's never happening they they canned it i'll guarantee it yeah either that or like you know we're still making four but man people are still giving us so much money so let's just let's just take our time <laughs> let's just keep going huh mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no that's good i've never actually played a metroid prime so this would be a good opportunity to get on that have you played the metroid games in general i've played super metroid that was oh. a mistake <laughs> and I played Metroid Dread. That was less of a mistake. Okay. But I still am beaten Dread. Hmm. We got a real nothing burger of a trailer for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, yes, other than, I guess, actual release date and 
give us money. Here's limited edition. <laughs> Here's dialogue and also the game $70. Yes. Which means that game is going to be $70 until the end of time. Yep, pretty much. Because Nintendo games don't go down in price. The Pokemon games were the first ones to, um... Well, those the... are 60 Oh, like Scarlet and Violet are 60 Yep, still 60 Still should only be 40 Oh, okay, so so the news out is the first Nintendo IP game to be $70 then. I think maybe in America? I think they've done it before in the UK. Oh, okay. Not 100% though, not my region. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Fair enough. And then the other big announcement is that Game Boy Color games and Game Boy Advance games, well, Game Boy and Game Boy Color games and also Game Boy Advance games, have been added to the Nintendo Switch Online, although Game Boy Advance is only available with the expansion pack. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, you want to play Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap? You gotta pay us extra. Nice. My um thought process was going more towards, okay, so GBA Pokemon games on there as well. Please make them, as someone who doesn't really care about Pokemon, like make them, I don't know, like slightly less ridiculously expensive. <laughs> oh, they probably will. There weren't any Pokemon games announced during this, except for the trading card game, which will be coming soon. The mm. the Game Boy... The trading card game for the Game Boy will be right. coming soon. Mm-hmm. But I think they're saving most of it for some kind of Pokemon Direct, since Pokemon Day hasn't happened yet. That's later this month. Ah, uh, okay, that would make a lot more sense to announce that there. Yeah, the games that they've currently announced... Well, that are currently on there, because it started on the day of the Direct, are... Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX... Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Wario Land 3, Kirby's Dream Land, Super Mario Advance 4, WarioWare Inc., Kuru Kuru Kururin, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap, and Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. Other games that are coming soon include Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, Kirby Tilt & Tumble, Metroid Fusion, Fire Emblem, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, and Golden Sun. Huh, okay. Well, Tilt and Temple, I was originally thinking to myself, how does that- oh wait, this is just like, wait, no, it's a Nintendo Switch. Yes, it'll work. <laughs> well, Advance didn't have gyroscope anyway. No, it didn't. I don't remember. I can't remember. Oh no, was... that was a Game Boy game, never mind. So yeah, yeah. that Super wouldn't have gyroscope. Yeah, because I was going to really say, I can't remember. I think that's one of the ones where it has like, its own sensor thing built into the cartridge, if I remember correctly. But, huh. Either that, or I might be thinking of something else. Oh, yeah, built-in sensor. That's neat. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was originally, I was like, how does that work? And I was like, wait, no, it's a Nintendo Switch, you idiot. Yeah, it'll work. It's like, okay. <laughs> a lot of those are very neat. I wish I had more to say than that, but I am not a major, I'm not a contributor to Nintendo's e ecosystem, so. Fair enough. Anything else from the Direct catch your eye? Unfortunately, not enough to regurgitate. I like to watch the directs just because I want to stay relatively up to date. And also all the people I worked with are hard into Nintendo, so it's always fun to like listen to their takes on the Nintendo stuff that gets announced. But I don't think there was anything that really stuck with me enough other than the Zelda trailer. And one of my coworkers immediately going back to his computer in his back office being like, and I need to see if I can get the limited edition now. <laughs> Because he is a hardcore Zelda nerd. I do want that amiibo. Yeah, when I saw the amiibo, I was like, okay, that's the first thing to go. <laughs> like, that's the first thing that's going to get gobbled up right away, so... Heck yeah. To those of you who are hunting for those, good luck. I hope you beat the scalpers with plenty of room to spare. Or with a stick. 
Or with a stick. Beating scalpers with a stick is also allowed. <laughs> Very acceptable. One might even say encouraged. <laughs> Not by me. Yes, by me. But by somebody. <laughs> but by somebody. I certainly can't go on Twitter and tell you to beat scalpers with a stick because I've been banned. <laughs> but at least YouTube's still here for me. I will see if there's anything that came from that Nintendo Direct. It really did make me realize how much my system has grown for stuff like that. Because when that, in all honesty, really cool looking like limited edition was shown at the end of the Zelda trailer, my thought wasn't, oh, that's neat. My thought was, all right, how quickly is this going to get scalped up like mad? <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Yeah, so it's like, ugh. But I will say for all the st things that were shown, God, there's a lot that's coming out in just the first half of this year. Yeah. A substantial amount. Like, honestly, the Zelda game in particular, I thought that'd be, like, a holiday game. Oh, heck no, they already had to delay it, I think. Mm. They did it again, there'd be a riot. <laughs> right. Especially after all the times Breath of the Wild got delayed. Well, actually, I don't even know if Breath of the Wild got delayed a bunch, I just know it took a ridiculously long time, such as the case that they originally announced it for the Wii U. <laughs> oh, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and then it ended up being a launch title for the Switch, so... Mm. Now, that's a dev kit I would love to play. <laughs> not, not like, you know, don't have access to get dev kits, because that's something that shouldn't be out in the wild to begin with. But I'd be really fascinated to see what that game was originally looked like on the Wii U. Same. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of other things, but nothing really worth delving too much into. Mm -hmm. So, let's get into movie news. Oh, boy. Or rather, let's get into movie theater news. <laughs> As you know, last week Netflix walked back their stupid idea Just in time for AMC to roll out a stupid idea of their own <laughs> It's stupid idea February I believe it mm. I'm willing to make that a thing <laughs> Yeah, they announced Sightline at AMC Which is a ticket pricing initiative based on seat location Oh, it has a name now <laughs> Yep they're like, oh, wait, we got to PR this crap so people aren't as mad about it. <laughs> so there's three different seat pricing options. The first is standard sight line, which is described as seats that are the most common in auditoriums and are available for the traditional cost of a ticket. Mm. There's value sight line, seats in the front row of the auditorium as well as select ADA seats in each auditorium and are available at lower price than standard sight line seats. Value sight line is only available to AMC Stubbs members. Hmm. And the third option is preferred sightline. The seats in the middle of the auditorium that are priced at a premium, the standard sightline seats. Oh, that's gross. Cause that's that really gross. Yeah, because I read about this, but I was, my thought process was, okay, this is still horrible, but I guess how horrible it is going to depend on how they handle the pricing. It's like, okay, if the most expensive seat is still the cost of a normal ticket, then it's like, all right, then it's... It's not okay, but it gets a pass. And it's like, well, it doesn't look like it even gets that. <laughs> yeah. It's bad enough this stuff is based on when you buy the ticket first come, first serve. If I gotta pay extra just to sit in the middle of the theater, mm. man, I'm glad the closest thing to me is a regal. It's unfortunate because the closest thing to, to where I live is an AMC. <laughs> Sad trumpet noise. <laughs> Although, I end up finding myself in the part of town where regal makes sense more often than not, but still. Yeah. <laughs> this is being applied to all showtimes that begin after 4 p.m. at participating locations, so it sounds like, at the very least, if you go see something in the afternoon, 
You can avoid it, hopefully. Hmm. It's not applicable on Discount Tuesdays when all movie tickets are discounted to $5. <laughs> it's... Oh, God, just the one last bullet point of hope. It's like, well, we at least we get our $5 discount. So it's like, actually, no. <laughs> well, at least that's good. It means they're not upcharging you on Discount Tuesdays. True. That is true. The executive VP and CMO, Elliot Hamlish, said... Sightline at AMC more closely aligns AMC's seat pricing approach to that of many other entertainment venues, offering experience-based pricing and another way for moviegoers to find value at the movies. While every seat at AMC delivers an amazing moviegoing experience, we know there are some moviegoers who prioritize their specific seat and others who prioritize value moviegoing. Sightline at AMC accommodates both sentiments to help ensure that our guests have more control over their experience, so that every trip to an AMC is a great one. So basically what they're saying is, if you're poor, front of the theater... <laughs> AMC, we make movies better for a price. <laughs> Hold on. I need to find out. Mm -hmm. I can't make an obvious joke out of American multi-cinema. <laughs> oh, well. Mm. Disney's laying off a bunch of people. Oh, no. Yeah, they're cutting 7,000 jobs, roughly 3% of their workforce. <laughs> I don't mean to snort at that. I guess it's just the polarizing difference of 7,000 jobs, which is a very, like, sizable chunk, but it's like, oh, but it's only 3% of our workforce. God almighty, that's right, they are that fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Bob Iger announced this during the earnings call for year-end 2022 quarter, and said, I have enormous respect and appreciation for the dedication of our employees worldwide. We are going to a really hard look at everything we make in general entertainment because things in a more competitive world have simply gotten more expensive. Hmm. Which is true. Which is true. That is objectively true. But also gross. It, that It is also objectively gross. Because they're looking to achieve $5.5 billion in cost savings. Hmm. I don't remember how much Warner Brothers Discovery was looking to cut, but uh, if there's anything niche on Disney Plus that you really liked watching, make sure to get that in while you still can, because uh, I think he's borrowing Zaslav's axe if you catch my drift. Yeah, or at least see if you can hunt down a physical release. That, too. I'm going to cut that joke. Okay. <laughs> no one will ever know what it was. Because you're not going to tell them. Nobody's going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them. I'll kill me before that happens. Oh, goodness. Ah. Uh, but on the upside, we're getting mm. Toy Story 5, I guess. No. Right? <laughs> no. Let not it, again. Let it die. Like, as someone who actually really likes Toy Story, please, for the love of Christ. <laughs> Four was already pushing it. Four yes. already trampled over the perfect ending that was three. What are you going to do with this one? <laughs> like, four was Andy Goes to College, correct? Three was Andy Goes to College. Oh, four, was, four was the circus. Okay. Oh. Or the carnival? I forget. It doesn't matter. <laughs> nah. <sighs> Bob Iger also announced that there are sequels for Frozen and Zootopia in development. Okay, Zootopia I can kind of get behind. The first one was was really great. Yeah, I still haven't seen Frozen 2. Actually, now that I think about it, I haven't either. Yeah, so for all I know, that, that was good. I mm. don't know. I didn't mind the first Frozen. I thought the whole thing was insufferable up until the first act ended and Let It Go happened. Right. <laughs> and also Fixer Upper is kind of a... kind of a dicey song. Mm. In terms of meaning. <laughs> but, hey, you know... I liked it well enough. Right. 
I'll probably watch a Frozen 3, but then again, I think that's what I said about Frozen 2, and then I never got around to it. <laughs> and Zootopia, heck yeah. Give me more mm. Zootopia, I'll take it. Oh yeah, the first Zootopia was a great time. That's one where it's like, I don't think it needs a sequel, but the fact that they're making a sequel, it's like, eh, I'm not against that in the slightest. Yeah, especially, who knows, maybe it'll focus on different characters or something. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> it's only said that it's in development. Plenty of time for things to change. All right. kinds of time. <laughs> And now, let's go back to my favorite font of stupid news, Sony. Oh boy. After all the Warner Brothers dunking, it's just good to get back to my roots, you know? <laughs> it's just good to go back to slamming the people who just keep running Spider-Man into the ground over and over again, because they're at it again. And what are they doing this time? They're making a Spider-Man noir live-action series at Amazon. Does it involve Nicolas Cage? Probably not, because the main character will not be Peter Parker. What? I don't know how that works either. <laughs> it's like, no, it's hey, we're going to have Spider-Man Noir, but it's not Spider-Man. <laughs> right? Okay, I guess. But it will still follow an older, grizzled superhero in 1930s New York City. Uh, Luke Cage? No, presumably Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> Although, can you imagine... Can you imagine if they did that? That'd be great, actually. They advertise a Spider-Man noir series, and then it's Luke Cage, and then Marvel Disney sues them into oblivion because Sony doesn't own the rights. I'd love to see that. I, well, who else was in... Is Can you think of anyone else from like the noir universe that would make sense? Okay, so I'm not super up to date on the noir series, especially because the noir series itself, to my understanding, is not actually super long. Mm. It's not a big, fleshed-out, fully developed universe. Right. It's just a thing that they did that took off and got really popular, and then they put him in Shattered Dimensions, and that made him popular. And then they had Nicolas Cage play him in Into the Spider-Verse, and that got even more popular. And they, if they don't bring him back, I'll understand, but I'll be very, very sad. Right. But, okay, okay, hear me out on this one. Howard the Duck Noir. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, wait, come back! We still have to talk about Magic Mike! <laughs> Alright, make your case. <laughs> Think of the sheer juxtaposition and the ridiculousness of a... I almost said hard-boiled... <laughs> of a hard-boiled detective series. I did it anyway. <laughs> Played with all the grit and gritty cynicism that you would come to expect from such a thing, only it's a talking duck. Mm. <laughs> Shit, I think I need to make a pitch to somebody. Uh. Where's my notebook? Oh, here it is. I'll let you roll with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how am I going to contact him on Twitter? <laughs> Good luck! This is a second announced series of Spider-Man-related stuff that Amazon is moving forward with, uh, the first being Silk Spider Society, hmm. which we still barely know anything about. Right. But I guess we'll see how that goes. Let's go to trailer time. Alrighty. I'm very pleasantly surprised to say that there wasn't a huge buttload of trailers, and I say pleasantly surprised, but also a little bit disappointed. I mean, I'm cool with it just because of it being Super Bowl weekend and all that. It's like, oh god, how bad is it going to be? And it's like, alright, it's surprisingly light. <laughs> true. True. Despite being advertised as the big game trailer, we got the Fast X trailer before the Super Bowl. Yes, we did. And... 
<laughs> Take it away. Uh, it looks like it's from the trailer. It looks like it'll be a lot less insufferable than Fast Nine, but that's not a particularly high bar. It's the whole thing of I I don't know. It's whatever predatory system that takes your money in video games. It's like well, this one's at least lets you play the game. <laughs> it's like true. Oh dear. But not great. The best part is, I watched this man watch the trailer, and he was doing the thing that you would expect me to do in any <laughs> given superhero movie trailer. I'm just rewinding back and combing over details like, what is this? <laughs> okay, like, that's that. It's like, why are there rockets on this Chevrolet Chevelle? <laughs> why, is, oh, why, why are they Mad Maxing this cla- Well, it, this particular version of the Chevelle is kind of a piece of crap, but hey. I'm a little disappointed there was no sign of John Cena. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Ugh. I got him with it. I will say my favorite thing about this trailer, and it is not a good thing at all, is watching Jason Momoa overact like crazy. <laughs> the moment he said, boom, I was just, okay, you know what? As, as much as I don't like these movies, I'm going to have a good time here. Yeah, it, it's like when he goes, it's like, well, that's the problem with having a big family. How do you choose? <sighs> Who you save. <laughs> <laughs> How do you choose? Pardon me while I snort this coke. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just uh, kidding. Jason Momoa seems like a lovely man, and I don't want to insinuate that he has any such trials or tribulations. Yeah, and you know what the unfortunate thing is? Even with me like kind of giving him shit with that, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the most enjoyable part of the movie. <laughs> I, I do have that feeling of everything else is just going to be, oh, please stop, but Jason Momoa will still be like, Okay, please, kind of please stop, but you're at least entertaining and not as insufferable as everything else around these people. I mean, it's a Fast and Furious movie. You have crazy-ass people doing stupid crap with cars that, that would actually kill any normal person, and the car itself, which the movies decide to be self-aware with already, so we can't really explore that again. Watch them explore that again. That bit again. with the helicopters. <laughs> That was just, that broke me a little bit, but... So, so I actually rewatched the trailer a second time before we started recording, and I realized, because they only show it for literally a quarter of a second, Dom hits the nitrous button on the car. Ah. And, and it's like, oh, come on, don't do that again. It's still BS either way, but it would at least be cool if it, he just did it just through, like, precision driving with this car. No, need need the need the hot sauce too. It's like uh. It was funny because I I also watched the trailer a second time and I watched it with Greg, and at the end he just goes, "Yeah, that is what would happen if two helicopters tried to snare a car. They would end up spinning <laughs> into each other as soon as that car exerted any of its own power." And I went, "Oh, good. I'm glad yeah. to know that that part of physics makes sense. God knows what would I do if it turned out Fast Ten wasn't obeying the laws of physics." Oh, the horror. <laughs> My poor little heart couldn't take it. I mean, and by the way, for those wondering, different Greg from me. He is correct, and that is what would happen with two helicopters. It doesn't make it any less stupid to see in a movie, though. <laughs> nah. What's that giant metal ball rolling around, you think? Uh, I don't know, some stupid magnet thing, maybe. Oh, right, they have magnets now. Yeah. If there is anything I'm genuinely curious about, it's like, okay, what bomb did this dude set off in the middle of Rome, or wherever they are, to where it literally lifts a bunch of police cars off the ground, but does not damage any of the buildings surrounding them? That that That's the part that got my attention in that trailer. Shaw's back. Yeah, Shaw's back. No Hobbs. Not that we were expecting him. 
No, although that'd be, <laughs> be an interesting follow-up at the very end. I mean, he's not Black Adam anymore, what else has he got? Yeah, fair. He's got a very lucrative leading man career, obviously, but I mean, I'm just taking the piss. Also, I'm pretty sure at, at the very end of the movie where it shows Charlie Theron and... Why am I blinking on the other one's name right now? Michelle Rodriguez? Yes, yeah, so when it shows them fighting, it's like, oh, this is the setup for the all-female like Fast and Furious movie, isn't it? Which... Yeah. Which, now, it's a, the thing is, is that, you know, I have no problem with there being an, an all-female Fast and Furious movie. I have, a, I have a problem with there being another fucking Fast and Furious movie at this point. <laughs> right? It's not, so, it's not that I hate the idea of anything to do with a film where all the leads are women. I just hate that it's another Fast and Furious movie. Let it end. Yeah, and, you know, I actually, like, read a bunch of comments on movie subreddit of, like, people reacting to it. And I'm like, all right. Am I the asshole? Because, like, everyone else I mean, is... maybe. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I probably am, but it's like, I'm seeing so many people excited for it, and I'm genuinely happy that people are excited for it. I just wish I could have that level of excitement. <laughs> As somebody who's used to being the asshole, you might be. Mm. Watch it be really good. Watch it somehow be better than <laughs> most of the other <laughs> Fast and Furious movies. I and mean... I don't, like, the only skepticism comes from the fact that it's a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I mean, look, man, if if it if it ends up being really good, I will happily eat my words. Cuz ultimately, even if I have something against it, well, as long as no like scumbaggery is involved, good movie's still good movie. So, Yeah. If it ends up being a good movie, I will happily eat my words. But right now, <laughs> so if they're making an all-female spin-off and Han is back as part of the gang, Gal Gadot is alive, right? <laughs> Like, I still I, haven't seen Fast 4 through 7, but I know she quote-unquote dies. But since Han managed to live through Tokyo Drift, I she's mean, alive. So, we'll get to this when we, like, actually cover the movies. But I'll say that her death is actually more insane than Han's death. So, if she does survive, I will actually be like, okay, fucking how? And don't give a stupid-ass explanation that insults the intelligence of the audience, please. Oh, they will. Hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what they did in Fast 9. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, don't do that. So they've already done it once. What makes you think they won't do it again? (laughs) You thought the car going into space was the end. Wait until Fast 11 when they land on the moon. (sighs) And go racing. And go... Would nitrous work on the moon? No, right? No, because there's no oxygen. Nitrous needs oxygen to work. What if you had an oxygen tank in the car? Theoretically. Because it's literally like a mixture of nitrogen and oxygen reacting with fuel. Soft yes, I'm hearing soft yes. All right, I was correct. Yeah, theoretically it could work. Uh, Don't give them ideas, please. (laughs) I'm gonna, because then they need to pay me royalties. Mm, Fair. Yeah, that's it's it's a Fast and Furious trailer. I kind of hate it. Probably still gonna. No, I really hate it, but I'm probably still gonna go see it because torture. All right, looking forward (laughs) to it. Prior to the game, as in several days beforehand, we also got a trailer for. Universal's Strays. <laughs> I was not expecting anything out of this, I'll admit, but no. now I'm loving it. No, I wasn't either. I was expecting freaking, oh, and we just talked about this. Early 2000s movie where a bunch of animals get lost and they all talk. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Yeah, like when I saw the dogs and Will Ferrell, I was like, Well, okay. they don't really talk, they all just have, like, weird animal telepathy. yeah. By which I mean you don't see their lips move because it was made in, like, the early 90s or something. Actually, I think it was before then. Oh, never mind then. But even still, it's like, okay, guys, 
we already had this. And then when when the guy tells Will Ferrell to fuck off, it's like, okay, all right, you have my intrigue. Where, how bad could this go? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, 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 I feel dirty, and I kind of want to see this. <laughs> okay, it was a 1993 remake of a 1963 movie based on a 1961 book. Jesus. Okay. Remakes all the way down, my friend. Fair. Remakes all the way down. No, but seriously, this looks stupid, but it also looks like a really good this time. This <laughs> looks like it's so much fun. Yeah. Because Will Ferrell is just a dog who's been <laughs> abandoned by his shitty owner. They play games called Fetch and Fuck, where they go out, throw a ball, owner drives off without the dog, and when the dog makes it home with the ball, it just says fuck, and that's how he knows he wins. <laughs> It's just such an awkward boy. Yeah, and then freaking Jamie Foxx as a French bulldog cursing out like his reflection in the mirror. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I was not prepared for that. Like, <laughs> and then he starts insulting Will Ferrell's reflection, and Will Ferrell's like, "Hey, this does not need to get violent." <laughs> and then, and then he gets nabbed by an eagle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no, when that happened, it's like, oh, shit, okay, this movie actually, I don't know about no chill, but this movie has very little chill. <laughs> I mean, it's a very I, warm movie. Yeah, it's like, all right, I was like, okay, this movie has no chill at the whole, and I'm not making this up, humping scene, where they're all, like, humping, like, freaking lawn ornaments. Lawn ornaments. <laughs> and, like, um, Jamie Foxx says, yeah, yeah, tell him you're, tell that gnome you're his daddy. Hello, Gnome, I am your father. <laughs> it's it's like, good to meet you, even under these strange circumstances. No, Reggie, stop. You're just <laughs> It's like, okay, this movie has no chill. Eagle happens. Okay, this movie really has no chill. <laughs> and then they eat mushrooms at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you look different, too. What do you mean? Is it my human hands? <laughs> uh, this comes out in June. Does it now? Yeah, June 9th. Okay. Looking forward to this. This looks like fun. Oh, heck yeah. Does anything else come out that weekend? Oh. Oh, I might have an excuse not to watch Transformers. Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I'm probably going to end up watching Transformers anyway, because I've already seen six of those damn movies, so what's one more? Really? Yeah, no, you have no idea how... Okay, so for those who may not know, I've been making an effort for movies that have sequels coming out this year that I'm not up to date on to get up to date by watching the franchise leading up. And so far, that's how I'm one Mission Impossible, two Magic Mikes, and three Scream movies ahead of where I was. Well, okay, two Scream movies because I'd already seen Scream ahead of where I was at the end of 2022. You have no idea how happy I was upon looking at the list of sequels coming out this year, seeing Transformers Rise of the Beasts, getting really upset, and then remembering, oh shit, that's right, I sat through all five of these things! I don't have to do it again! And Bumblebee, which was an actual genuine delight. Yes. But oh. yeah, I don't, I'm free! <laughs> I'm free. free! I'm free from, fallen! From torture. <laughs> yeah. And then during the game itself, the Super Bowl, the the big enchilada. Indeed. We got some TV spots that I'm not going to talk about because they're TV spots. Mm -hmm. But we also got our first actual, real, not just a fandom teaser for The Flash. <laughs> it's okay. 
Okay, I was going to say, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. <laughs> okay, so there are some things in here that I really like. Mm-hmm. And there are some things in here that I really don't like. And two of those things are Ezra Miller. <laughs> because I already wasn't a fan of Ezra Miller's Barry Allen before the whole criminal rampage started. <laughs> right. And it certainly hasn't endeared me to them now, but boy howdy, Barry 2, or second Barry, or probably gonna turn evil Barry, I don't know what the fuck you want to call them, mm-hmm. is just even more insufferable, because it's just Justice League Barry again, only uh, maybe without powers, I don't know, and they're they're weird and creepy, and it's just like, the bit where they meet Supergirl, and he's just like, I, I we're Barry. Hmm. And then he's filming her on his phone and just goes, our kids are going to want to see this. It's like, what? What? I hope you mean, like, yours and Barry's kids and not yours and Supergirl's kids because that's... Bruh. Yeah. That's fucking... That's creepy. Yeah, that's a little creepy. So, yeah, they're doing a Flashpoint, which is lame. That's the worst idea for the Flash's first ever movie because Flashpoint itself as a story is only 12 years old. And it's just, it's so dependent on outside continuity, and it's such a complicated, stupid fucking mess of a thing, and it's, well, okay, Flashpoint itself isn't all that complicated, but, uh, I just, fuck. <laughs> just make a movie where he fights the fucking monkey! <laughs> All right, I need a little more context for that one. <laughs> Just do Flash versus Gorilla Grodd for fuck's okay. sake. He's a super evil telepathic gorilla. What's okay. not to like? Okay, that. All right, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> People saw three Planet of the Apes movies just in the last decade. <laughs> you think they're not gonna shell out for the for a guy with super speed fighting an evil fucking gorilla? <laughs> do the Rogues. Give me Captain Cold, Heatwave, Mirror Master, The Top, Abracadabra, Rainbow Raider. Fuck! The Flash has one of the best rogues galleries in comic history. Why is it always just evil goddamn speedsters? Which it's not confirmed this is what this is going to be, because it looks like he's actually fighting Zod, but... It's a time travel story. There's going to be another evil speedster, and I'll guarantee you it's Altered Timeline Barry. I'll tell you what it's going to be. Flash goes back in time to save his mom. Timeline goes screwy. Flash finds not Flash Barry. Tells him he needs his help. They start working together. It gets out that the thing that they did was save his mom, and that that's gonna be the thing they have to fix. Barry 2 doesn't want to give that up, and or wants to preserve his own existence. Barry 2 turns evil. Barry 2 becomes Reverse Flash, or Dark Flash, or Hisself, or whatever you want to call it. And... Ah! It was me, Barry. It was me, Barry! It's literally me, Barry! It was me, comma, Barry! It was me, Barry! Barry! (laughs) Shit, man. See, now, you know what's funny is that I I couldn't think of how, but I thought, if anything, you were going to be upset over Supergirl and, like, Michael Keaton Batman. Okay, so, Supergirl, fine, cool, yep. I'm not a huge fan of the costume, Hmm. because it's a little... I wasn't a fan of the Man of Steel costume, and this is just that, but maybe a little brighter. Right. I'm happy to have Michael Keaton back as Batman, but there is one moment in this trailer that... 
And this is going to sound really stupid. Because it's a moment that's I should be really happy about. And it's the I'm Batman moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to begrudge them the use of the line. Because A, it's, it's iconic. And B, it's such a basic-ass fucking statement that it was going to come up at some point. I am Batman is... You have to dance around it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just a basic declaration of identity. So, ah, yes, Batman is me. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you got me confused with the other motherfucker wearing a weird-ass, like, bat costume. <laughs> yes, the individual known as Batman is in fact myself. <laughs> but everything about that moment itself, just the too long pause, the setup, the little smirk on his face, it's just, it's a wink at the audience, and it's not, and it's in the most telegraphed, bullshit, stroking your own dick, aren't we proud of ourselves, look at what we did, 20 fuck, wait, 34 years ago! (laughs) So, see now, I saw the smirk, and... The thing is that I know I've seen the Michael Keaton Batman movies. I just don't remember a lot of them, unfortunately. So I thought the whole, like, smirk thing... I could... Because it's the whole thing of, like... It's not so much the line, but it's definitely, like, the body language and the way that his face is. Like, is this supposed to be, like, a callback to that personality at the time? Because no, for me, it was a little... The, it, it felt a little awkward. Because <laughs> the thing is, Michael Keaton's the one who made a Batman popular. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's literally one of the first things in the movie. Hmm is he saves a family from some muggers and he's dangling one off a roof and goes, I'm not going to kill you. I need you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Well, what are you? I'm Batman. <laughs> it's all very iconic. Right. But, God, just, that that pissed me off more than it should. <laughs> yeah. Again, it was a thing of, like, I feel like one of these two things are going to be the thing to piss him off. I just don't know how. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm actually glad as he's on, because... Mm-hmm. Michael Shannon made a pretty good Zod, even though I'm also kind of sick of heroes fight dark mirrors of themselves and how Zod is a reflection of that phenomenon mm-hmm. continuing. And also, Man of Steel was not a movie I'm overly fond of, but hey, you know, whatever. Michael, not Michael Shannon's fault. Good to have him back, whatever. It's <laughs> fair. I'm just. I'm glad that Elemental's coming out that same weekend so I have something else I can see. <laughs> because. I'd just as soon assume that the whole universe was destroyed and just rebooted and start again with Blue Beetle. I mean, that was my thought process watching the trailer, just because it's like, okay, there's... I know, it's like, I can't be too confused because I know they said this is supposed to be like the setup movie for everything new that's going to happen in DC movies. But yeah. man, there's a lot of bullet points that are being started here. Oh yeah, it's it's overly busy and it's just... It's a good thing they're resetting, otherwise this would just be... Uh, Chaos. It's too much. It's entirely too much, and none yeah. of it's set up, and none of it's earned, and it's all just... It's very chaotic. Yeah. We also got the presumably final trailer for Guardians Volume 3. Well, it may, might not be the final trailer, I guess, since that one doesn't come out till May. Mm-hmm. But we got another trailer, is the point. And this one's a little more recognizably Guardians, I think. Yeah... But it was also, I know you said the last one was sad, and it's like, okay, this, yeah, I mean, it's sad, but it doesn't quite hit me. And then, for whatever reason, even though there are fewer moments of it, this one was more like, okay, yeah, no, this is sad. <laughs> was it knowing that Baby Rocket was inevitably tortured? That 
And also the bit, I mean, with zero context, the bit where we see Peter just absolutely fucking losing it over God knows what. Yeah. Whatever that is, that part is probably not going to be fun. No, definitely not. Mm. I'm not sure how much I like how much, apparently, Peter is still pining over Gamora. Yeah, that part to me was kind of weird. But... If the movie's going where I think it's going to go in terms of that, then it's kind of necessary, so I'm willing to give it a pass. Hmm. Because I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is, by the end of the movie, Peter's going to acknowledge that the Gamora that is here is not the Gamora that he lost, and he has to stop trying, and he has to move on, because he'll never get that Gamora back anyway. Right. Is my hope. Yeah. Really wasn't a fan of the Nebula bit at the end. No, that was... <laughs> just weird. <laughs> that, that was, was just... Uh... That's just kind of weird. It's <laughs> not great. No. So yeah, no, I I don't know who's going to die in this, but somebody's going to die. Somebody's absolutely going to die. And see, I feel like Rocket, but I also feel like Rocket's too obvious. Hmm. So I also think maybe Drax, because Dave Bautista's already said he's done after this one, and what better way to make sure he never comes back than to kill him? I mean, I'm thinking Drax, but I'm also thinking it's like, yeah, but Drax is too obvious, though. <laughs> Because, like, you can't kill Groot, and you can't kill Gamora, because you already killed both of them. Mm-hmm. So to do it again would just be... lame. Right. I guess maybe you could kill Peter? I That would be ballsy if they killed Peter, though. I mean, if it's the last movie where all the Gar- where this iteration of the Guardians is going to exist, mm. what better way to demonstrate that than by killing the face of the whole brand, essentially? Yeah. I mean, I can't see how they would do this or how they make it work, but it's like, I watch them just go nuclear and kill fucking all of them. Ooh, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening, but it's like, I'd be curious to see if they tried it. <laughs> Plus, Rocket's very spinoff friendly, so I really don't mm. see, I, I really don't see him, but again, I could be wrong. Right. Because, again, look at my Infinity War Endgame deathless prediction. <laughs> I was just... You were very off. <laughs> I could not have been more off. <laughs> I think if I remember right, when we were watching it, you were just like, okay, so, got that one, got, wait, why are they, oh. <laughs> it's like the first couple you called, and then they started, everyone else started dying, and you were like, oh, oh no, no, th- this is not what I envisioned. <laughs> nah, like, I got, I got the people who were actually gonna die, I, I think I got Loki dying in Infinity War, but all of my who's gonna stay dead it as of Endgame list was just off. <laughs> So this looks cool. The High Evolutionary could stand to look a little more comic-y, but maybe we'll get that later in the movie. Visually, it's stunning. Oh, yes. Visually, there's just so many weird environments going on. This looks like it's going to be an absolute treat. Oh, yeah. But also sad. (laughs) Very sad. Extraordinarily sad. Can't wait to get my heart ripped out and stomped on. (laughs) Oh, yes. Give it to me, James. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. Gunn, we're not there yet. I was going to start, like, a bad Rick James impression. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rick James! Give it to me, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was better. (laughs) We'll go with that one. Mm. Let's talk box office. Oh, boy. We did, in fact, see the highest grossing movie domestically this weekend, because it was Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yay! Took an $8.3 million domestically for an $18.5 million worldwide total. Mm. Apparently its budget is $40 million, though, so... Mm, a little all bit downhill from here. Yeah. 
Second place, Avatar The Way of Water still. Oh, okay, so it climbed no, the wait, spot back. No, it, wait, it, it went back up to second. Never mind, yeah, it was in third. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Shoot. <laughs> Took in $7.2 million domestically for a $647.2 million domestic total and $2.21 billion worldwide. Third place... Another James Cameron movie, it was the 25-year anniversary release of Titanic. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep, took in $6.7 million domestically for a $23.3 million worldwide total. Obviously, that's just the re-release and not Titanic as a whole. Titanic made more than $23 million. Oh, a lot more. In fourth place, 80 for Brady at $5.8 million domestically for a $24.7 million domestic total. Still no worldwide information or release, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And in fifth place, still Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Really? Yeah, Knocked at the Cabin got knocked off the list. <laughs> okay, sure. Puss in Boots took in $5.5 million domestically for a $158.5 million domestic total and $394.1 million worldwide, which, just a funny little note, puts it ahead of Black Adam. Really? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's really good. That's very funny. It's like The Rock was talking all that good shit. Oh, uh, who saw, predicted a timeline like that? The hierarchy of power in the DC universe was about to change. <laughs> good times. Shall we talk about Magic Mike? Sure. Alright. So... As the now definitive expert between the two of us of the Magic Mike <laughs> franchise, having sat through the previous two movies across the last couple of weeks, I've come to the conclusion that Mr. Magic Michael is a profoundly sad man. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first movie's all about him trying to get started with his custom furniture business and doesn't really accomplish it. And yeah, he's kind of a prick, but also... He does the right thing at the end-ish, and he's out the money. And then in the second movie, he's gotten it going anyway, but it's not doing great, and also his girlfriend from the first movie left him, so he goes to do one last thing with the boys, and then he gets a new love interest. And then in the third movie, his business has gone under because of the COVID pandemic, and presumably his other girlfriend has left him. Hmm. And now he's bartending in Miami. And then he gets... Proposition is the best way to put it, I guess. By <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's the most professional way to put it. That's for sure. By Alexandra Mendoza, played by Selma Hayek, mm-hmm. and uh, things kind of things kind of just go from there. Yeah, pretty much. I can't come up with a better description than that. <laughs> so, uh, this this one's all right. It is, believe it or not, I can't believe I have an opinion on this now, it is not my favorite Magic Mike. (laughs) I think I remember you saying you preferred the second one. Yeah, Magic Mike XXL is is a much better movie. The climax is bigger, no pun intended. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, That was a really unfortunate (laughs) word choice. I stand by it, but... Christ. Considering some of the, we'll say, word choice in in the third movie, I think it's I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, so that one's better. The emotional journey, I think, is a little bit better. This one, 
I'll get into it later in spoilers, but this one kind of undermines its own message at the end, and I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Max is not a particularly compelling love interest. No. She has probably the least amount of chemistry with Mike out of the other two, I think. Yeah. There are some very impressive moves, though, which is kind of what you want to have a Magic Mike movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be expected, but the choreography in this movie is actually amazing. There's one bit at the end, I'll get into it later, but oh man. Hmm. I don't know how the fuck you even rehearse that. Right. But uh, Mike is still the same politely snarky asshole, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. This one was the first time I had seen any of Magic Mike. But I did enjoy how he talks. It is this thing of... It's like a mix of polite while still being very snarky, but very street and casual. He's a weird fake real. Yeah. It's the whole thing of... Okay, nobody talks like this, but the way he talks... But the way this guy talks makes complete sense for this person. And I could see them if... I could see, like, a person like this existing. Yeah. <laughs> You really feel the lack of the boys in this one, though. Yeah, I mean, granted, I hadn't seen the first two, but I was like, okay, this dude clearly has a group of guys. It's not just him, right? And it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that's that probably would have helped. <laughs> yeah, man. Shit, I'm bad with names. There's there's Ken, there's Tarzan, there's Tito, there's Big Dick Richie. <laughs> Big Dick Richie. Hell, Gabriel Iglesias didn't even show up in this one. I'm sorry, I forgot that you told me that Gabriel Iglesias was in these movies. Okay, you know who was in the second movie and it blew my fucking mind to realize it? Hmm. Donald Glover is in the second movie. Really? Yeah! <laughs> Pretty decent role, too. Alright, now I have more of a reason to watch the first two movies, then. Yeah, man, I will make you sit through Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> Forget the first one. I don't ever need to watch the first one again, but I'll make you sit through the second one. I don't ever uh -huh. have to watch the third one again, either, but, like, I liked XXL. Alrighty. I'm not ashamed to admit that one. <laughs> so, all in all, I think it was pretty good. It was very fun. Yeah, I definitely had a good time with it. Mm -hmm. Reg regardless of what I think of it as a movie. Mm. It's just the supporting cast isn't quite as... Some of the supporting cast is more engaging, but some of them are not. Right. It's a very mixed bag of a movie. It's hard to not spoil it because I feel like the trailers didn't really give a lot. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, this was supposed to be an HBO Max-only release. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of like House Party, and then they decided to release it in theaters to try to recoup some money, and that was a smart play, even if it doesn't make back the whole 40 mil. Hmm. You good to go into spoilers? Yeah, I'd say so. Alright, so if you don't want to get spoiled on Magic Mike's Last Dance, make sure to click away in, uh, three, two, one. So Max is kind of a shit person. Yeah, she kind of is. It's... It gets established relatively early in the movie by her daughter, no less. Her daughter, like, completely narks on her. The whole thing of how she kind of goes through a phase, I guess, regularly of, oh, I have, I need to have, like, a new project or person or what have you. And it kind of fizzles into nothing. And, oh, well, that's a little harsh. And then halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, no, that's actually how this works. <laughs> it's not just that. It's also, like, she's kind of a shit mom. Like, we never actually see her mend fences or actually be there for her kid. Mm -hmm. And yet the kid is supportive all the way through, which good for her. Mm -hmm. But it's also just infuriating because it's like, what? 
Why are you supporting her? Shouldn't she be supporting you on something? Yeah. This feels like a backwards... I don't know. And then... So, the, the thing about the ending is... The whole reason Max puts on this show that she hires Mike to do... Is that she wants to reinvent this tired old play about will she marry for love or money... By asking the question, why does she feel like she has to choose? And I think that's a valid question, you know? Oh, yeah. Financial stability versus emotional security is not a binary argument. You can have both. Yeah. And there's no reason why you shouldn't want to have both. But at the end of the movie, Max herself picks love, which is fine. That is the, I can't really say objectively, depending on your aims, but that is the generally agreed to be correct decision in yeah. this day and age. Mm -hmm. But it's still a case of, okay, what happened to having both? Because yeah. now Mike's out the $60,000 because you can't pay him that. All just to put on this one show that not a lot of people saw. Right. Because it made you feel better about yourself, which... Okay. Well, it's not even the thing of not a lot of people saw. During the whole, like, when they're making the invitations, it's like... I, I want to say it's implied that they're not even selling tickets. Everyone who shows up got an invitation to the show. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so literally no money was made. It's like, alright, so how do these... How does everyone who's involved in this get paid? <laughs> uh, they get paid in exposure. <laughs> Literally. Y yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, comparing this to Magic Mike XXL, the final show isn't as big, because in Magic Mike XXL, they're basically at a male entertainer convention at the end. Mm -hmm. So they're basically... The Hall H of San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> doing all kinds of fucking crazy-ass routines. And they do some here, too, but none of it feels as big because they're doing it on, you know, a, a small, like, theater stage that they've nonetheless expanded. So mm. it all feels smaller, but not necessarily more intimate. God, I need to... These word choices are killing me here. <laughs> Hey, what can uh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But that that whole dance in the water at the end with the ballerina. Mm -hmm. And that's another weird one. Where it's an expression of how attached Mike is to Max, but also A, I don't really feel that connection, and B, I get why Selma Hayek couldn't do it, but it's kind of undercut by the fact that he's doing this thing, acting out some of the most intimate moments of their budding relationship. With another dancer, who isn't her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird, and feels a little inconsistent to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just... It had some really good promise, but it felt uninterested in exploring its own premise. Yeah, I will say overall, I felt like the second half wasn't as great as the first, largely because I think at that point the movie was just like, okay, I guess we're not going to follow our own rules anymore. The whole thing that you mentioned with the point of the play being, why do you have to pick both? And while Max makes a decision that I probably would have made, it's like, okay, but you still have to pick one over the other. So that kind of falls. Also, for me, it's a minor thing. And to be honest, it, it was going to happen anyway. But I was a little upset how throughout the entire movie, Mike's like, no, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to dance in this play. And he ends up dancing in the play. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Magic Mike's last dance. Yeah... I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's it makes sense. 
but part of my brain was going like it would have been kind of cool if they stuck with that a little bit actually no you know what you're right you're right because that just takes away another special element of his and max's relationship Mm -hmm. because when he said he wasn't dancing she did the title drop and said i guess that means i got magic mike's last dance (laughs) but she did it Everyone that else ballerina in the did. <laughs> mm. Huh. I'm not saying I hate this movie, but <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because the movie was not still... at all. This movie was still very fun, but it was kind of a thing of like, okay, it would have been nice to if you follow your own rules, movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, one little thing that stuck out at me. Uh, one moment that I really like is when Max is basically convinced by her douchey ex-husband to give up on the play and she's breaking the news to Mike and she goes and walks away and gets in her car and it follows Mike for a bit and the camera's all disoriented and shaky as it follows him around. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was a really good piece of work there. Yeah, it was. You really feel the anxiety like everything's unraveling before him in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I respect it. And I'm not usually one for camera work unless it's really good or really bad. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Like that changing aspect ratio in the last night. Of, yeah, true. Oh, that was terrible. That's still one I still scratch my head at to this, this day. This movie also commits a cardinal sin that annoys the piss out of me, and that's flashing back to itself. Oh, well, like the whole, like, cop scene? Okay, that one was kind of funny. But I <laughs> meant, no, because that's a flashback to an earlier movie. Mm. I mean, the bit when... Mike is having that dance with the ballerina in the fake rain, which also, that blew me away, because mm-hmm. how the fuck do you pull that off? Were you able to rehearse that? Presumably you had to get a plumber, when you said you needed a plumber, you needed them to, like, rework the water wiring or whatever you call it, the pipes, so that that could happen. <laughs> the water wiring, I said. The pipes. The pipes. I'm calling. <laughs> oh, Mikey boy! <laughs> but no, presumably that didn't leave a lot of time to practice. So did you just theory craft that in your head and then like account for the friction differential? What the fuck? Is that why you're magic, Mike? During that bit, my thought process was, okay, this, where did they practice this? Because if this is just off the cuff, I am shocked and I do not believe for a second that these people are not busting their ass right now. Somebody got wet on that ride. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, crazy. Mm. But no, the I, I, I hate it when movies flash back to earlier parts in the same movie. It's ju- I get it. It's supposed to be, oh, look at how sweet, but it also just kind of reminds you of how short this relationship has been and how kind of fucking <laughs> ridiculous it is that he's going all these lengths for her and that they really don't have the best chemistry compared to him with some of his other love interests, and mm. that, God, it's just, yeah, I get it. I've I've been sitting here watching this movie. I don't need you to remind me, thanks. It's not even a, like, okay, it's acceptable if it's like a once more with clarity thing where it reveals new details that you hadn't been privy to, but this is not that. This is no. just... Remember how sweet that was? It's like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was there an hour ago. Well, now you get to be reminded of how sweet it was, but I know how sweet it is. Roll the replay! <laughs> that intermission screen was great. Yeah, what was that? What the I actual, have no idea. At, what the actual fuck was that? <laughs> Not a clue. Victor's great. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I wasn't lying, sir. 
I mean, Victor was great, but I did enjoy the bit where Chan Tatum more or less calls him out, and he's like, okay, no, dude, even when you're not saying something, you're saying something in your head, so please just fucking say it. I was like, all right, you know what? I feel that. I completely yeah. feel that. So kind of enjoyed him calling him on that. <laughs> yeah, Victor's great. The daughter is enjoyable. The actress who plays Isabella and then becomes the MC. Oh, is yeah. Great. Oh, she, she's amazing. <laughs> All right, and one, two, three. It's like, no, 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 no. You can't just have them all dancing on her. And she's like, um, just so you know, I am down as fuck. <laughs> that was an extreme thirst. That was an extreme thirst. <laughs> Funny little bit, how you know you're getting old. There was that whole bit during the last show where she keeps talking about how we all know that a body in motion is better than a body at rest, and they keep going on about a body in motion. And I was expecting the song that I now know is called Start the Commotion by the Wise Guys, originally released in 1998 and featured in such movies as Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> because I didn't realize that DJ Khaled released a song in 2021 called Body in Motion, and that is the song that was actually setting up for. Because oh, okay. I was sitting there going, if that song if that song from Kangaroo Jack starts playing, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> But that wasn't it at all. Turns out, my music taste is just fucking old. (laughs) If I can circle back to choreography for a second. Oh, sure. uh, Because the choreography was great. For me, what did it, as being both really great and also moderately uncomfortable, was the whole double-decker bus scene. Yeah, that one weirded (laughs) me out, and I don't know how they set that up, and I feel like if that had gone ever slightly wrong, they all would have been charged with assault. Yeah, like... Or some kind of... Some kind of whatever. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. As a dance number, it's pretty great. And the setup of it is also very fun, because it's centering on they have to get... um This bureaucrat lady to approve their stage extension because it's a historical building. Which just kind of... I know it's supposed to be, oh, look, the husband is so controlling, but it also kind of highlights how Max just doesn't think about shit, because... <laughs> I don't know, if I'm buying a historic building, I'd probably check the agreements because, yeah, it kind of happens sometimes that when you buy a building that's considered a his- of historical importance, you can't just make whatever changes you want, even if you own it. Yeah. So that, that, ugh. this movie is the master of the mixed message, I swear <laughs> to fuck. Yeah, it is. But that whole bit, just because, as a dance number, it's great. And the setup for it is fun, too, just because as it's following the bureaucrat to the back of the bus, you see the faces of, like, the dancers and all that. And it's like, oh, boy, what are they setting up for? But I fu- but it's also the thing of, like you said, if this god either slightly one direction or the other, at least one person is going to jail. And also the Italian dude at the end just being in feathers and all. It's just like, okay, that's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's extraordinarily cool. creepy it's cool but it's still pretty damn creepy <laughs> yeah it is mm. you got anything else anything else anything else i mean no it's i think we covered it all fair still maintain what i said before the movie overall is very fun so if you're looking for kind of a movie that you can shut your brain off to but still have fun with it at the very end then i'd say that this is probably a good candidate Oh, I'll agree. It's certainly not going to get you thinking, and if it does, it'll get you thinking about all the ways Magic Mike XXL was better. But, 
I still had a good time, and I'm actually really glad I saw it. And just for that second movie, I'm glad I watched the other two to get prepared for this one. Right. And that's what it's all about in the end. Oh, yes. And now that we've wrapped that up, thanks again for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow on Spotify, Facebook, not Twitter anymore, because I've been banned. <laughs> for now, I've tried appealing it, but honestly, we'll see what happens. Right. I honestly kind of wonder if it's worth it to try and make a new one, but probably not. I mean, what's the, the worst it can do? Ban you again? You're right! <laughs> Might as well give it a go! <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe I'll be back with a different Twitter handle. I don't know. Mm. Next week, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And also, mm. I'm probably going to have something to say about Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Honey. Oh, that is this this week, isn't it? Yep, that's Wednesday. Oh, God, why do I have to work that day? <laughs> I am sorry. It's fine. Yeah, there's literally only one showtime, and it's and it's that and it's the fifteenth at seven PM, which mm. is just absolute horse shit. I get a one day release, but the least you could do is have multiple showtimes show for it. Yeah. Some people have things to do at seven PM on a Wednesday. <laughs> Fortunately I'm not one of them. Yeah, so if you have things to do, like close their store <laughs> yeah but in any case that'll do it we'll catch you guys next week this has been under the bridge with cody aka the starlet troll and with greg aka greg bye everybody goodbye <laughs>